in the last months that I spent out of all of the time I did in solitary confinement, I remember I'd been reading about how much worse prisons were in the Soviet Union under Stalin, in Brazil, in these other places. And I used to sit there and I used to go, I'm so glad that I know that I'm going to be getting fed today, that I'm not going to be you know, getting beaten up by the guards for nothing. You know, all this sort of stuff. There were so many beneficial things that I could compare down to have gratitude and appreciation for that made my time that much easier. And solitary confinement is hard. You know, this, this lockdown experience is, you know, sort of it gives people the, sort of the tiniest taste of what home detention might be like a little bit. But solitary is like next level stuff. And I want you to think about how much harder other people's situations are right now. For example, you know, think about the family members who currently have a terminally ill um, loved one in the hospice, end of life care, and they're not able to go and visit them. Mm. Or alternatively, think about being that person in the hospice. You know, your last days, your last weeks, and you're unable to have that family connection and support. You know, think about people over and over. I mean, compare down. Don't feel guilty around that. Recognize that actually having gratitude for how good your situation is and reflecting on how much worse it could be, that that's not something to feel guilty about. That's something to give you a little bit more capacity to remain effective and resilient when the heat is on. And things can always be worse, eh? They really can. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I should say, welcome to this edition of please blow my mind with me will fleming i'm not sure when these podcasts come out i might just release them all at once like binge podcast in fact now's the time to binge a little bit because we can and we should there was a um an interesting email that came through from school or somewhere for the kids that you know this isn't school this isn't normal we should not say you know you got to study you got to do this it's okay to relax if there's one thing i've learned from the recent podcasts is it's okay to smile it's okay to feel gratitude for what you have it's okay to feel okay because you're with your family i know we have this kind of looming doom hovering over us but there is something very human about what we're going through because we can all feel it even if we can't articulate it. Speaking about articulating things you feel but can't really say sometimes, Dr. Paul Wood joins us on the podcast today. And Paul is someone I greatly admire. Paul is someone that, and over the years I've kind of started to work out why I'm attracted to having conversations with people like Paul. And it's because, like many of the guests, they've stared into the darkness. I don't really know what that means, but you know, metaphorically. But then they've come back. They've found a way back, and they've taken that, taken that darkness with them, and they've they've equaled it with the light, and and out of that becomes this tension of living and knowing, you know, when when and and when is too much, when is not enough, and pushing. And Paul is amazing because he's used, uh, you know, that darkness in the past to to push the light into the future but he does it also with experience and 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 research and psychology and he just clarifies things that we feel like when you hear it out loud it sounds obvious but you need people to say it you know i always say it you need people to say stuff out loud because we use those senses to register it 
so yeah thank you paul for joining me on the podcast um all of paul's you know social media and stuff uh, in the show notes i'm sure if you google dr paul wood new zealand uh, you will come across uh, a great man helping many people including me today because we have a bit of a therapy session it's actually an awesome hack to talk to really smart people to help you with your problems by just having a podcast yeah i mean it's fair right we're making content so we're kind of offering value but also you get all the wins as well we get all the wins which is part of what gives me a buzz Uh, we talk about kind of like dealing with what's happening at the moment on a psychological level plus paul works through with me just the kind of the difficulty of feeling grateful and happy but also feeling guilty right it's not everyone's story that they're safe right now and we've got to kind of process this and and work out what it means so super interesting podcast heaps of tactical tricks and tips for keeping it together in this time and yeah let's jump into the episode with dr paul wood i want to thank you all for joining me on my podcast and blowing my mind and then calming it and then blowing it and then calming it this is a good deal this is a yin yang this is a a deep breath in and a big breath out enjoy this week's episode just because i can because i've got friends who are doctors i'll say dr paul wood thank you for joining me on my podcast um i i don't know how to do this anymore you know we used to say g'day mate how's it going but it feels like it means something slightly different today eh, bro yeah it is it's it's like all the emails i've been seeing where you definitely feel it's appropriate to say you know in the current circumstances Mm -hmm. and in the new world and all, all of that sort of stuff so it does feel i mean it feels historic right it does it does and it feels like we are you know like i guess we love certainty we you know we get mad when the uber doesn't turn up on time we we want our plane not to be late we got to to make the day work it quite often hangs on everyone playing the game and the game of sticking to time and it's just so interesting now that arguably we have a bit more time but i can't say i've been sitting around doing nothing i've been filling it you know like the whole house is weeded apart from a couple areas you know we've got podcast guests we're doing stuff i tidied the garage up it's like ah and and i feel really fulfilled so i guess but i also feel a bit of a sense of guilt because i know the other stories i'm hearing is people are losing everything people might be stuck inside with you know uh, people that they try and get away from so for me it's one of the first times in life where i've had to really sit down and say man what is it i should be feeling you know is is it a sense of relief is it a sense of gratitude maybe it's a sense of everything is it kind of too early for us to be processing how we feel are we still in just a little bit auto mode of just listen to the pm and do what they say i definitely don't think it's too early to be processing what you're feeling i think that's something which is just a fantastic habit to have day to day moment Mm. to moment Mm. Uh, what i would say though is i don't think there's anything that you should be feeling yeah I think that, you know, you're going to feel a variety of different things and different people will cope to different extents at this Mm, point. mm. You know, as a species, we all have this desire for certainty, 100%. But look, it's a bell curve distribution and different people are at different places there. 
Most of us need a reasonable amount of certainty. Some of us are quite happy to, you know, fly by the seat of our pants significantly more than others. Those people will be getting less impacted at this point mm. in terms of just having to deal with the uncertainty of this. But then there are those people who like things squared away. They like a plan. They like to be structured and orderly. They like to know what's going to be going on on Tuesday next week. Mm. And those people will be having a harder time. So I don't think there's anything anyone should be feeling right now, but I think it's completely normal to be experiencing a variety of different emotions associated with distress. And I think that's one of the best things you can do right now, actually, is just to be a bit more self-accepting and just notice the emotions you're experiencing them. Don't judge yourself on the basis of them. There's no reason to be feeling any sort of that you should be feeling this or that. Let me give you an example, right? So it sounds to me like you've been experiencing some gratitude for your situation when you reflect on and think about how much worse the impact is for others yes. or for some people. Man, that is a powerful strategy to be helping you cope and maintain your sense of well-being. Mm. You know, one of the things that we naturally do is we compare up. So if we're the ones who are experiencing the stress and the pressure and the challenge, the struggle is real, we go, oh, if only this and this was the case, if only we weren't locked up, if only this wasn't the case, you know, everything would be so much better. Whereas actually, if you want to remain effective and you want to remain resilient and mentally tough and have that capacity to flourish through adversity and bounce and, and cope in the moment, then what you want to do is you want to compare down. You want to be going, how much worse could things be right now? Actually, what have I got to be grateful for? And there are always things to be grateful for. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, for me, I'm someone who spent, I was trying to think about it before this call, I reckon probably about nine months in solitary confinement during my imprisonment. Mm. And for people who have, you know, heard me talk before, they, they realize that I was someone who spent uh, my youth engaging in poor behavior that, led me into uh, some dark places, including the New Zealand prison system for over a decade. And during that period of solitary confinement, I'll tell you what, towards, towards the end of that stuff and in, in, in the last months that I spent out of all of the time I did in solitary confinement, I remember I'd been reading about how much worse prisons were in the Soviet Union under Stalin, in Brazil, and these other places. And I used to sit there and I used to go, I'm so glad that I know that I'm going to be getting fed today, that I'm not going to be, you know, getting beaten up by the guards for nothing, you know, all this sort of stuff. There's so many beneficial things that I could compare down to have gratitude and appreciation for that made my time that much easier. And solitary confinement is hard. You know, this, this lockdown experience is, you know, sort of it gives people the, sort of the tiniest taste of what home detention might be like a little bit. But solitary is like next level stuff. And I want you to think about how much harder other people's situations are right now. For example, you know, think about the family members who currently have a terminally ill um, loved one in the hospice, end of life care, and they're not able to go and visit them. Mm. Or alternatively, think about being that person in the hospice. You know, your last days, your last weeks, and you're unable to have that family connection and support. You know, think about people over and over. I mean, compare down. Don't feel guilty around that. Recognize that actually having gratitude for how good your situation is and reflecting on how much worse it could be, that that's not something to feel guilty about. That's something to give you a little bit more capacity to remain effective and resilient when the heat is on. Mm -hmm. And things can always be worse, eh? They really can. Yeah. So that's useful to remind ourselves of that. Thank you, Paul. And it feels like that, you know, um, 
we're having like a little session a therapy session and uh well look i think that i've hacked my way into your time and i i I definitely know i have because i a lot of the guests on the podcast it's just a slight a slight little uh i'm like a bug and i get you and we talk about these things and at the end i think to myself oh jeepers you normally you know that's your livelihood all of these insights and and stuff so i I thank you bro but but what i want to say man is that when you're talking it it immediately just gives myself permission right because i think what happens is we get locked you know we talk about lockdown but we're we're locked in up here eh? and and my fear is that you know maybe for some it gives you permission to change but maybe for others it like locks in these bad ideas and having someone actually say out loud i still don't know how important life is to hear it as opposed to just think it or read it to hear you say it can always get worse it just makes sense because i immediately think yeah so then i think oh it's silly that i sit around worrying about this the whole time you know and it's not that it's the whole time but it's a sizable amount where you know i don't want to give myself permission to be too happy even though uh it feels very human what I'm doing at the moment. My big jobs today was to go to the supermarket and make sure we have enough food because I can't hunt. Uh, I made sure we have enough money in our bank so we can go and fill that trolley up and, and it really felt like I was foraging today. You know, I, I got my mask ready. I did my prep in my head. I thought about the sanitizer stuff. I realized as immediately when I was in the supermarket that everything that we normally do when you're wearing a face mask doesn't work i was smiling and it wasn't working so my eyes came alive and i started trying to communicate in other ways and people couldn't really hear you because i have one of these grunty masks that my pilot friend brought me from when they did their last flight but it's so grunty that everyone's like what like bane it was like and and i was like whoa this is a whole different way of living and i was all of these things we talk about I was in the moment I had a purpose I had and it was just going to get food something we outsource now to Uber to bring over to home you know and and I got it home and everyone was like oh yay and yay we got this and I was like wow I I almost kind of feel Paul that I had the feeling that well accomplishment but also then I thought oh man there must be a bunch of people like you said it can always be worse but i'll immediately stop thinking that and then i thought to myself thirdly i don't really want to go back to how life was before a day ago and i still am processing what that even means i mean we all opt in to uh, this culture and 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 making money and you know it is awesome too we get to try things that we would never have tried and Elon Musk at that level makes cars that drive themselves but in moments like this it's like we you know just like all of that stuff seems quite irrelevant and what seems relevant is just hearing people like you and your family members talk out loud like has your communication been up between different people in your life 100 percent, and that was one of the things i was actually going to say is that you know one of the biggest risks to people at this point is if you've got people sitting there feeling helpless and hopeless and useless you know, that's when you're going to really start to run into trouble. Mm. But one of the great things associated with a crisis like this is it provides the opportunity to give us a greater sense of community than we normally experience. It provides us that sense of we're all in this together. And I'll tell you what, you know, 
whatever your politics are, geez, Jacinda has done a, such a fantastic job, agreed, I think. Agreed. In terms of how she's handled this. And that whole message, you know, we're in this together, we're all pulling together. And what I would say is one of the best things you can do for yourself is actually to reach out and to look to provide support for other people, mm. to get in touch, to connect, even if it's just to let other people know, hey, if you need to have a chat, I'm here for you. I got gotcha. you. Mm. You know, that right there is one of the most powerful things you can do for your own well-being, let alone the positive impact that you actually have on others, letting them know that you see and value them. They know that you're part of their tribe. You're on their team. This is the ultimate opportunity for that. And I tell you what, basically, we've all got two choices right now. We've got the choice to go with our emotional reactions to the situation and some of those baser tendencies, or we've got the opportunity to go, who would I like to look back on after this and go, that's who I showed up as. I was the hero in this whatever that means for me mm. and for the people I have the opportunity to positively impact. Because I'll tell you this right now, we all have that choice moment by moment to be going, what would the hero version of me be doing right now? How would they respond to this? One of the things that uh, I heard recently that I loved was this uh, Zen sort of like proverb around the idea that in relationships, you know, you're both required to carry water. And I think this is something which is really relevant to all of us who actually have relationships that we're more in touch with right now than we might otherwise be when we have those day-to-day -day distractions. And the idea of this proverb is that, you know, when you're together in a partnership, you both carry these yokes and you have water on these yokes and you both got to carry your water. But there will be different points where one person is not in the position to carry all their water. And in order for the relationship to be effective, the other person needs to be able to go, I'll carry that water for this period. I'll carry my water and I will carry whatever you need me to carry of your water. And what I would say right now is now is an opportunity to be going, I'm going to step up and I'm going to be carrying whatever water is required of me right now mm. because this is my opportunity to shine. This is my opportunity to grow into and to be that person that I want to be and that I know I can be. Mm. This is the chance. Is there something like, uh, could we think about the challenge and the worry as a kind of how cultures you know, and, and I'm just trying to think my way through this. We have this initiation in culture, you know, like your initiation to manhood or, or, or to adulthood. And and uh, it's kind of funny in life because I feel like every generation wants the next one to have it a bit better because they've been through the adversity. But I guess what you forget when you do that, and I'm a product of this as parents who went through incredibly hard stuff, but provided an awesome runway, but meaning doesn't mean the same if you haven't needed it or wanted it. And I wonder if we could view this, um, you know, not just something to get over or to build strength from, but as like a initiation for us all just to, you know, like the bug, you know, it, it, it hibernates and it's sheds its skin and and kind of metaphorically that could be us too right we could hibernate in our homes and when we come out we have the opportunity to kind of like how you think about yourself as a teenager but you're now and you're different but you are the same but you're changed and mm -hmm. so for those who haven't had that opportunity to uh and sometimes i think the pain in that gives you that chance if it if it if if you're able to get over it but now you know people who haven't had it tough 
just get a glimpse into that and we also can take that opportunity. In the normal course of events, right, in our lives, what we do is we're just living day to day, getting through our daily task list. What are the deliverables for today? Oh, I need to get the bread, I need to get the milk, I need to go to work, I need to do that. This is a unique opportunity for us to take a pause and to go from a strategic perspective. What is it that's going to give my life most value? Who is it that I want to be? And to actually emerge and grow towards being that person out of this rather than just being distracted by all the day-to-day stuff that we were before this enforced pause. Mm. You know, in many respects, you could say this is a dialed down, less intense version of the experience a lot of people get when they get a terminal illness or when they get the threat of a terminal illness. Mm. I know a lot of people, and you'll be the same, who when they've had that existential life crisis and they've gone, oh my gosh, okay, this could be the end of my time now. Mm. You know, what is it that's really important to me? What is it that really matters? I'm going to start living my life in that way. This is like a dialed-down, mild version of that for us all, where we get the opportunity to pause and take stock and go, what is it that does matter to me? Mm. And I tell you what, that's one of the things I'm trying to uh, focus on moment by moment. I know you've got young kids, eh, you know, like myself. And the reality is, is like I've got two under sevens. I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old boy at the moment, and they require attention. So I'm not doing a whole lot of work at the moment. I'm doing it. homeschooling around how to catch bugs and all sorts of other great stuff, which is, which is cool as. But for me, because I am normally someone who is constantly distracted by the desire to answer that email and the rest of it, and also as well because, you know, I'm not someone who likes an overly messy house, and that is that is a challenge to have when we have young kids at the time, let alone during lockdown. It means I've got a position right now to go, what's actually important now? What's important now? And I'll tell you what, it's my relationship with those boys. Mm. It's the experience those boys have throughout this period. I truly believe that they're going to be able to look back on this when they're older and go, wow, that was one of the coolest experiences I had. We just had all this time with mum and dad. It was just fantastic. Mm. That's as long as I'm focusing on the right things myself, not focusing on being overly concerned about whether all the toys are picked up immediately. I'm more focused on what's important now, and that's my relationship with them and their experience of me through this period. Wow. And that's the key. The question I'm asking myself there, that what's important now, that is the simplest way for you to find the sweet spot between what's actually within your control, but also what matters. Mm. It's the intersection of those two things. It's this little spot in the middle here. You know, that's what you want to be focused on right now. And the way you focus on that is by going, what's important now? Yeah. Now, that's, a, that's a, a question that comes from sports psychology, and you can remember that because the acronym is WIN, W, what's I, important, in now. If you want to win in terms of the outcome you get from this experience in your life, then you focus on what's important now, mm. moment by moment. Paul, and when I've talked to you, and we've talked a few times in different capacity, and, and I feel like you know part of what I'm interested in is particularly for the monotony of life is how do you still push yourself out there you know and I I call the podcast please blow my mind for a reason because in normal life when it's just like we talked about the you know you got to get this done that done it you almost don't want to do that because it's easier just to turn it off and go on autopilot and get the job done and the problem with that is you suffer in other ways you know you suffer in your general well-being and your health and you you Netflix binge because that becomes whatever and you eat the wrong food but but I wonder if it's 
a bit different talking to you this time because shouldn't us being forced to be in more human situations actually unlock those bits of us we try and um, suppress? Like, shouldn't there be a bit of autopilot in a good way in this stage that, oh yeah, for millennia people hung out and they did stupid small talk and they worked out routines very quickly because no one Um, wants to hang around with a grump? I think the key opportunity we have now is actually to dial down our attention to the micro that's available to us. When I was in prison, one of the poems I loved was to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. And what that is all about is being able to appreciate the beauty and the mind-blowing complexity and amazingness of the smallest of things around us. You know, there was some research that came out recently that suggested, you know, when you're a kid, how like a year takes forever. And then the older you get, the quicker it seems to go. Mm. This research suggested that the reason for that is, is that as you get older, you lose the sense of novelty. You lose the sense that what you're experiencing is something new and therefore you pay less deliberate attention to it. And as a result of that, you get an experience of things being speeded up, time going quicker. Whereas children, because they are li- they literally live in the moment, everything is something which is novel and new and worthy of attention, worthy of consideration. And what I would say is we have an opportunity now to try and recapture some of that childlike perspective where we actually start to appreciate a bit more of the novelty around us that we've just grown used to just not paying any attention to. Mm. You want to blow your mind, you know, don't worry about all this big stuff out here. Start just really paying attention to your world and your life. Yes. Even in a grain of sand, man. Man, and that's the feeling I'm getting is that it's not about blowing the mind. It's actually the joy I'm finding is in finding ways to calm it. And, Mm. and, and, you know, this is, this has been, it's been, uh, it's actually been a really, I know what it is now. It is re-triggering some of those childhood, uh, the good things. You know, when we say we're triggering things from the childhood, we probably all used to, uh uh-oh, what's he going to say? But but when you said that, it is, I'm living in a novel space, and that's where my happiness is coming from. And then my adult's coming back and saying, hold on a minute, don't you get too happy with yourself, young man? You know, you, what about all the people who, you know, can't, you know, it's like that classic thing we're thinking. Um, So... Yeah, I, I get it. And for me, it's, I guess it's, well, for all of us, we've got to live, we've got to learn how to kind of live in both of those harmonies, eh? To, to find the joy in the little stuff, but also realize that there is a bigger picture. Mate, if anything, it's just, it's probably, it's taking people a bit to just get their head around it, right? Because it's quite a dramatic change. 100%. And, mm-hmm. and again, you know, some people are going to find this a lot more challenging than others. And I think a key thing is, is, you know, while I was encouraging earlier to, you know, try and be the hero and carry the water mm-hmm. and do what you can to really make life easier for others. Also, recognizing that if you're really struggling, that is completely okay. Yep. If you need someone to carry your water today, that is all good. Mm-hmm. But that ability to own it 
and that ability to just be compassionate towards yourself and others right now, you know, that's got to be the focus. And that's the real opportunity to shine there is through our Mm. demonstration of self-acceptance and compassion towards ourselves and others. Mm. Paul, I'm in the moment, so I'll ask this, but it might have already been answered. Um, I sometimes sit there and I wonder why these things are not self-obvious to us. Why is it that if it feels so good for things to be novel that we wouldn't constantly walk around in that state? And and I guess to put it up a level, why is it that the kind of, at its most simple form, bad things have to happen so that we can acknowledge the bad and then the good becomes good instead of just this, everything's okay. Um, like from... A psychological are people happier when there's a crisis you know like I, I, and I don't even know how those two bits of information go together because it feels like pre day two of the lockdown it was the best time ever yet I know suicide statistics well let's not just say suicide I know statistics of happiness and well-being and even like health wise uh, you know people have diabetes people willingly put toxins in their body mentally physically but now that we don't have a choice and you might be uh, taken by this virus we all of a sudden now it's about living what what the hell's going on there why why can't it just be harmonious the whole time and i don't know if there's a real question there bro can i just say what i actually think is that you're 100 right often crisis situations provide people with exactly the ingredients that our brains actually evolved to deal with you know they provide us with a situation where we need to deal with challenges collectively where we have a real sense of purpose and where our focus is on immediate survival needs and I want you to think about that okay like our brains and evolutionary psychologists too you have a stone age brain in the modern world you do not have a brain which is adapted for today. You have a brain which is adapted for the Pleistocene period about 150,000 years ago when we were nomadic tribes people. And the types of issues we dealt with in that period were what were called immediate return challenges. And these were things where if you took action, there was an immediate return and payoff for taking action. You know, you see rain clouds on the horizon, you find shelter, immediate return. You see that you've run out of food, you source food, immediate return. That's what our brains evolved to deal with. And they evolved for us to deal with those through a sense of connection and community with others where we felt that we had a purpose in making stuff happen and helping the tribe survive and thrive. These days, in the normal course of events, we live in what's called a delayed return environment. And this is where you're going, oh, well, you know... Maybe if I save up and and go on that holiday or get that bigger TV or look what they're doing and I should be doing that too. You know, that's where I need to invest my energy. And that's not the types of stresses and challenges our brain have evolved for, these delayed return issues where actually there's no immediate payoff for what you do right here and now. And also as well, there's this great opportunity for isolation and a lack of community in the modern world, you know, where we, we seek our needs for connection and community via junk food with empty calories like Facebook and social media. But that's why they're so popular is because of our inherent drive for connection. Whereas when we encounter a crisis, that's when we have the opportunity actually to experience those ingredients that our ancestors lived in day to day and that our brains are actually evolved and adapted for. And I would say this is a fantastic chance to feel that you're contributing in a meaningful way 
connect with others and feel that sense of connection and community and to be focused on your day-to-day survival needs. Mm. In many respects, this is exactly what our brains evolved for and that's why a lot of us will actually feel or have the opportunity to feel you know, significant well-being and satisfaction during these circumstances. You think it will go back to normal? Is that also how we're wired? That as soon as the uh, as soon as life makes it easy for us again, and we can all do whatever we want, uh, that that kind of old part of our brain will also just it'll probably we'd like to probably romanticize it, but will it just go? Huh. Okay. Well, it's easier now, and we don't have to worry so much. So, all right, back to Maccas. <laughs> It will for a lot of us, but not for all of us. Right. It will for those who experience the situation without taking a step back and go, what does this experience mean for me? What are the lessons to be derived here? For those people, it will result in change. But for the people who just proceed and who just carry on without stopping and pausing and taking that step back, and they'll just proceed and carry on whatever the other circumstances are they find themselves in. Mm. I want you to think about that. Remember I, I said earlier on that, you know, life provides the best therapy, but only if you're listening to the feedback. That is a quote from one of my favorite psychologists, Karen Horney, who was one of the original psychoanalytic school. And that's the key there. You have to be paying attention to the feedback. If you're doing that right now, You've got an opportunity to learn and grow and come out stronger and closer to who it is you want to be in your life from this experience. But if you're not paying attention to the feedback, then you're just going to proceed and you'll carry on proceeding when circumstances change. And that's all good. That's not a judgment. Different people are in different places and have different drivers in terms of you know their personal growth and development. But if you want to be someone who actually grows through this experience You want to be stopping and pausing and thinking, what does this mean for me? What are the messages I'm getting here? What does this tell me about myself and my life? Mm. Gosh, you're one of the hardest people to think of the next question because when you're talking, I'm I'm just listening. And (laughs) I'd rather someone else interview you sometimes than I can just listen. Um, But it's just, you know, when you talk, because it's... It's very, it makes sense. It makes sense, you know, and we spend a lot of our time trying to make sense of things. And there's a lot of obstacles in the way, you know, there's some, sometimes we're in the way. And uh, I guess that's what I'm just, you know, yeah, I shouldn't feel guilty. You said that enjoying about this moment is that it's like we have less options. And the options are for you to really consider, well, you know, what do I want to do and how do I want to be and and what does the next such and such look like? Uh, I've been trying to put it in context to myself that part of the reason those are important to ask is because nothing's guaranteed at the moment. We're only guaranteed that we've got a plan for four weeks. And that's a hell of a thing. I don't want you to leave you with the impression that you shouldn't feel guilt, but just that you shouldn't place too much weight on whatever it is you're feeling at the moment. Yeah, yeah. That you want to just notice it and just accept it without really assigning too much value or meaning to it. And a really good habit to get into there is to ask yourself, ah, oh, how am I feeling? Okay, guilt. About what? Ah, oh, because my situation's better than others. And why is that leading me to feel guilt? Oh, maybe it's because I have this idea or belief that my situation shouldn't be better than others. 
Now, is there something that's really true that I really believe? I don't know. But again, it's not judging or assigning undue weight to the emotions. You can experience whatever you experience right now, man. It is all good for all of us. Mm. But not imagining that that feeling is some kind of truth about you or the world that you need to be burdened by or wedded to as opposed to an opportunity to go hey what is this why am i feeling this and in a good way i like to remember that that how am i feeling about what and why because those are the three questions that really allow you to get in deep there is hee-haw what kind of animal is that supposed to be well donkey yeah, man, I just want you to just know right now that I'm prepared to sacrifice my dignity for your learning, okay, by making that attempt at that dog noise. That'll be a soundbite on the internet somewhere. <laughs> and it, it's not the H-E-E part. It's not the he part. It's the ha part. H-A-W. How am I feeling about what and why? That's the question you want to be asking yourself when you're feeling those emotions without judgment, just with acceptance. And that'll really help you get somewhere with that mm. in terms of exploration, but also in terms of being able to make better decisions based on what you're feeling. You know, like one of the things that uh, my wife and I have gotten very good at over the years anyway, just as a result of having young kids, is just sort of recognizing, for example, when we're arguing because we're tired or other such things, not because there's really something to argue about. And if you've got a tool like that where you can go, hang on, how am I feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling upset or I'm feeling disappointed about what? Oh, you know, about my wife not offering to make me a cup of tea when she made herself one. Well, why am I feeling this way? Because I'm tired and my capacity to cope is reduced. Mm. You know, it's a really useful skill to get in. But the other thing I wanted to uh, ask you, you know, based on, on what you just said was this, you realize that there was a time not that long ago for our species when we didn't have a method of telling the time. Mm. We didn't have, you know, watches. We didn't have calendars. This is when we were, you know, if we, and if we go back again for that period that our brains most evolved for when we were the nomadic tribes people, and granted there were, there were sort of loose ways we could, like, you know, some of the, you know, Inca civilizations, that sort of stuff, cycles of the moon, all of that, granted. But just in general, day-to-day, moment-by-moment, there wasn't the same kind of obsessiveness that we have now around time and its reflection on where we are now relative to the future. Mm. What do you think those nomadic tribes people focused on day-to-day? Well, probably focused on the day. Right. Boom! (laughs) Perhaps that's what we should be doing over the next four weeks, eh? Mm. Just going four weeks, you know? Focus on the day. I tell you what, when I was uh, sentenced uh, 10 years to life, so a minimum non-parole period of 10 years, right, I could spend the rest of my life in prison. I was, I had gone in at 18 and I was 19 when I was sentenced and I hadn't had enough life experience at that point to know what 10 years was. You know, as someone, I'm 43 now, or 43 and, uh, during the lockdown anyway. <laughs> um, I know what 10 years is. I can conceptualise that. I've got enough life experience. Whereas as a teenager you don't have the life experience to be able to, you know, know what that means from a contextual perspective. So for me, that was forever. And so what I needed to be able to do is I needed to be able to go, this is it. 
this is my new life and I need to stop focusing on whatever life used to be like or however it could have been and just go, this is it right here, right now. This is my new life. Mm. And I think that that's a valuable lesson for us during this experience. And I'm not comparing that to, you know, to actual prison because that is, that is um, a very real environment from a stress and adversity perspective, yes. I assure you, yes. compared to what we're in now. But, it's, but there are similarities there, and I think there is real value for us psychologically in terms of our own well-being and resilience and being able to just go, I'm not going to focus on the four weeks. I'm just going to day by day focus on what I'm doing right now and what's important now. Mm. And for a lot of us, it'll be the relationships with those that we're in isolation with or the relationships with those that we can reach out and connect with via the phone, via message, whatever it is. Paul, a couple of things. One, thanks, man. You know, you lifted a bit of water for me today because, you know, I guess when I think about it while you're talking, as we have our little session for everyone else to listen to, uh, I do have guilt from not having adversity. And I think I partly channel that through my podcast by talking to people who have had a lot because I want to acknowledge it so hard that I've probably had it too easy that... uh, that I overcompensate but in some ways I feel like it is a worthy goal because it is hard to share um, it's not hard for me to share because I only know sharing right but I feel like I can meet you halfway for the people who you know just to unlock a bit of that story so it, it is a win-win but but I need to be mindful of that you know I, I am starting to it's finally getting into my head like people talk about mindfulness and I've downloaded the app but it just it still can't beat realizing it in the moment when someone talks to you you know and i think i also realized that you can lift the pail of water mentally for someone too right and and i think that's what i'd like to think that's what we can offer as well and you know that i have i've had a lance burdett uh vitali uh, lafaili you know former sas and you and i've been trying to think strategically about for some it's i don't want it to be breaking point i want those tactical tools to come through so that and i thought they would be very tactical like here's five things you can do but i also think just hearing everyone speak is enough because very human things you talked about family and and having the opportunity and and what version of you do you want lance talked about you still have to smile that you know, these are people dealing with uh, when terrorists come and crisis negotiating and he's saying smile. It's all opposite to what you think you need to do. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a little bit, my my brain's trying to keep up, but the, I just want to say thanks, man, because you you always give your time up for me and, and, and it feels probably more important now, you know, because we're in this moment. And uh, it's probably guaranteed when we said to each other back, you know, when we did other podcasts, we'll, we'll see you next time. And I know, I believe there will be next time, but there's a potential for there not to be that next time. And so, it, yeah, nice to hang out with people. And it's awesome that we get to also share it. So something kind of in the positive world of social media and Trump and all of these things that we get to, you know, I'm stoked for the news that they've found their soul. They know what they have to do. You know, that's a real dragon for them to slay. They don't have to worry about 
picking up on this and that. We all kind of, if we choose to, find a bit of meaning in this for ourselves, which is, which is still mind-boggling that it has to come to that point where it needs to be the virus to give us a reason to, you know, find a bit of extra kindness. But, but do you think we, I mean, hmm, I'll, I'll think about this for a second longer. So we're obviously still evolving. There will be a point where, uh, you know, we talk about the the caveman brain as maybe a past reference. The people that you highlighted who will take this opportunity and be a different version of themselves, they that must be part of evolution because they will raise children who see a world a different way. And then they will raise children who see a way a different way. So I guess it isn't for everyone to change at once. That must be evolution too, right? Yeah. But also as well, like evolution is such a slow incremental process that you normally don't see uh, the phenotype or the actual manifestation of a genetic change that's gone on for about 25,000 years. Mm. And if you think about that, like most of the potential adaptations that are going on now whether we continue this type of lifestyle and the same things that might be slightly beneficial now in terms of contribution to the gene pool and that sort of stuff, you know, may not be in another 5,000 years, another 500 years, well. Mm. That's the challenge right now is that really, look, it's anybody's guess what we're going to end up seeing out the other end in, say, 25,000 years from now because everything is shifting and changing so quickly. Mm. And if you think about this, we only had the agricultural revolution about 10,000 years ago Right, where we actually started becoming sedentary and started, you know, growing crops in a consistent way, and and everything that led to the ability to us have the civilizations we do now, that was only about ten thousand years ago. So we're not even halfway there in terms of seeing any of the adaptations that might be coming out and getting passed on and getting, you know, sort of reinforced in the gene pool now. Mm. So who knows? Who knows? All, all bets are off. Well, I put all my guests up on the pedestal because that's what I like. I like that I get to call you my friend but also you're my doctor friend and I've got pilot friends now and professor friends and this is my Monica my wife she laughs at me she's like they're not your friends and I'm like they're my friends because we've done stuff I am friend 100% boom there we go you're you're part of the broader Cook Island community (laughs) Cook Islander of the year have all become my relatives beautiful wife and her family Um, but you still are a person and you'll be feeling your own feelings uh, and maybe taking and looking at time a different way. Is there something you're investing your time in at the moment that maybe someone out there who has a bit of more time might want to look into? I'm trying to be more proactive in terms of online delivery of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I've previously was so busy just doing face-to-face delivery at conferences and in workshops and that that for me this is a real opportunity to actually get that YouTube channel that I've been meaning to get going, really get going, mm. and all of that other stuff on social that I've just sort of haven't been as active with as I would have otherwise. Now's the opportunity. And for me, stuff like this is just that chance to make a broader contribution, mm. connect, do something that matters to feel a sense of purpose myself, and I am very appreciative of you for providing the vehicle to do that well. 
Boom, so, brother. There you go. Well, no, no mind-blowing questions at the end. We've had our moment. I've had my session. Uh, send me the bill. Um, but in all seriousness, let's get back to our families. I suggest if you can, and if it's possible for you, let's do the same. We'll cherish these these moments. And uh, uh, when the world comes asking again for your expertise, Paul, I'm sure you'll get an email or a text from me. No doubt. I'll look forward to it. Awesome, brother. So we'll wrap it here. Cheers, mate. Hey friends, hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Paul Wood. It's a real pleasure to get to know people like Paul. We've been chatting now for a few years and it's awesome. You know, we can dip in and out of these connections and we can we can share value and we can educate. I hate the idea that that we hold on to things, that we hoard ideas. It is the right way for people to share. And I'm not talking about sharing everything. Obviously, we all share the tension of the kind of how to make money. And it's 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 brought to light in these environments where how are we going to make money? That is the rat race we are committed to because so much depends on that. And I think that kind of plays with the psychological idea. And for someone like Paul who has a story and and is incredibly busy to give us time for free, this is where it's at. And I super, super, super appreciate it, Paul, that you would do that. So thank you. Just before we finish, a quick plug to the Patreon page. Um, yeah, we have our first Patree? Patreon? What is the Patreon? Anyway, we have our first person on Patreon who is supporting the podcast, and that is my friend Daniel. So, as per the deal on the Patreon page, if you throw me a $10 donation per month, I will shout you out on the podcast. And it doesn't matter how many we get, every person gets a shout out. So Daniel, uh, here's a couple things about Daniel. Uh, Deep thinker, here's another thing about Daniel. Plays music. Guitar, piano. Hmm. Uh, Another thing about Daniel is he is an expert in post-production editing an avid and runs a production company called sun picks post so search that up he has sponsored me with ten dollar donation per month under dragon puppy limited Ooh, i hope i've got that right and dragon puppy limited is a place that supports local creative content i.e what you're seeing and is also a collaborator on some upcoming content we've got called man in a van which is kind of irrelevant now because there's a man but there ain't much vanning around so we'll keep we'll, we'll keep adapting maybe it's man in a garage hmm daniel thank you bro for supporting me i am happy to acknowledge you on the podcast awesome okay team well that's us for another week uh many more awesome podcasts coming up if you're listening this far in we have podcasts with an sas psychologist booked we have podcasts with a black belt jujitsu expert uh and many many more because oh and an uh, exercise expert all these things about how to frame up our body and mind in the time where we need it most now thank you all for joining me and we'll see you next time on the podcast